Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio. Today, we're excited to chat with composer Steve McAllister about his new album, I Hope You're Okay. Why I Hope You're Okay. Um, this is an incredible album, uh, listening to it actually a few times, because you should. It's one of those that will take you on your own personal journey, like truly. Yet it's like, as soon as you listen, you push play. And I say that, push play, you can get it as a CD, you know, and it will actually just play it and you can stream it and everything. But when you push play, you're going to immediately, it's like going into a house that you're familiar with, but it's all fresh and different and new and original on the inside and the outside, maybe new plants. Um, but there's like this element of familiarity. So it's warm and friendly, invites you in, and then it goes, hello, take a listen to this. Did you know? So welcome, Steve. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I, it seems like we're talking a lot about houses, like before we push the record button <laughs> and push play on your album, right? It's like, yeah. well, let's just talk about houses because this was written during the pandemic. So you were, you were in a home when you wrote this, yeah. right? Yeah, I was yeah, to- totally alone sitting at the piano or picking up the guitar, or, you know, when I have bits around time with the family and staying alive during mm-hmm. a pandemic. Yeah, just uh, just working on it. Well, this is, but this is interesting about like talking about how there's a familiar, familiarity, like a nostal- nostalgic feel when I listen and then the originality and, and fresh sounds and new. So it's like old and progressive at the same time. Well, thank you. Did you mean I, to do that? Like, how do you, like, how do you write this stuff? Like, cause I'm going, this is cool. Like there's all these little nuances that really need to be there. And not cluttered, and you you have this dynamic that just it's you know how to suck people in to the vortex oh. of Steve McAllister, which is good. <laughs> but you have these nuances, but you allow us to breathe, so it's um, not too much. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Oh, thank you. That the how I do it, I'm not really sure. Um, I mean, I I work a very very long time on the on the writing part of it, just to try to make sure that all the chords kind of move from one to the other very smoothly and and the words all work as well as they can and the and the melodies all work um but i i spend a whole lot of time on that part of it because i don't have you know i don't have a band in the room that i can w- throw ideas at and, and work off right um yeah one, one of the things i miss about working in a room with other people is you get real-time ideas so somebody will say oh what if we cut this in half and put that there and then take this section and move it there it's like, I don't have any of that. So I have to really, really, um, I have to get kind of inside the song and then I have to kind of get outside the song and look at it and then get back inside it. Um, and it's the compositional part is all that, um, it's all that solo thing, which is a lot of fun. Um, but then I get, hmm. you know, I get everybody's input when we start recording too. So that's also great. Well, you know, I think there's something to be said for this because it's like you spent a lot of time on it, but that's an interesting thing to be in, like a, a painter, right? Someone painting, it's a solo yeah. thing, yet you still have that, you, you've got collaborations, but at that beginning point, you're on your own. And there's a tendency where you can over, you like overdo it. You know what I mean? Or oh yeah, get too picky with it, and you have to like kill babies. Like I, I know it from writing <laughs> articles, and like, and there's like, oh, you have this best picture, like you, and it doesn't fit, and you're like, damn it, like that was my thing. This is even what inspired it, and it has to go. And so, 
does that has got to have been an interesting process for you writing it and then taking it to people in that form, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And what's really interesting is there's the, the guy that did the cover art for me. He's done a lot of my album covers. He's an, an old, old friend and a brilliant painter. His name's Brooks Bergen and he lives in Switzerland and, and we've been friends since we were skateboarding together in high school. And um, we talk a lot and, and talked through this album creation process while he was working on, on canvases and I was writing songs about that idea of, and about the process. It was very interesting to watch his process of going from a scribble to a finished painting. And, and when do you decide it's done? And mm. You know, and, and different people have different opinions on that. And so it was very fascinating. A lot of that came into the, I think, into my process as well, because he was asking me the same questions. And I would play things on piano for him. And he would show me, you know, his process going from like a scratch on a post-it note to a pre-painting to an underpainting to the painting itself and, and how you make these decisions along the way. So there was, it's interesting that you that you mentioned that because, yeah, absolutely, there was... A, a lot of that looking at process as I went once I was able to have like a finished uh, kind of a set song having the other people play on it it was wonderful because it was like I don't have to make the decision about how the drums go right <laughs> like it's just happening now yeah you, right like you make the decision about how the drums go and then I got to change things that was the other wonderful thing was that you know, I would I would send a track out to our drummer Raphael in in Little Rock, not too far from you right now. Oh yeah, would, yeah, and we'd work back and forth, and and we'd get a finished drum track, and then I would, got to change my parts a little bit to kind of fit his drum track, and then it would go out to one of the guitarists and come back, and I would change my parts or alter them just a little bit or add little things to kind of augment or support what the first guitar player was doing. And then it would go to the second guitar player when it was kind of this round Robin thing. So to kind of get a cohesive feel. Um, and, it was, and it was so fun to do that because I didn't have to really make, like I never tell anybody what to play. Why would I tell them what to play? They're yeah, great. Yeah. You know? And so that part of it was so much fun for me because I got to see how other people reacted to music too. I think that is really cool. Like, you know, writers do that you know, songwriters and then writers, uh, fiction writers, nonfiction, where they write something and it goes to like a writer's group and they'll critique it and read it and go, well, this part, that part. And it's not like an attack. And no. that's the thing when you're with, you know, people that get it, um, it's all about supporting the project that everybody's name is on the project. It needs to be the best piece of music that goes out. Like right. what can we do to make it the best for the listener? And, and so I was saying you have this breathability in your, in your music that, um, cause it, it just, there's a nostalgic part. Um, one of the songs that I, I definitely want to talk the third side of an egg. I have a friend, the two friends, personal friends who are going to love that you bring up three sides. Um, but it, a letter to my son. I love that you put that as like the ninth track and then it goes to sailor's waltz at the end, like the waltz at the end of that reminds me of old schools, like the, you know, okay, the last waltz, but like there's just like, that that part is like nostalgic to me of, of classic rock and music that has gone through the ages. And it yeah. was perfect right after a letter to my son and a letter to my son. I mean, it was just so it was beautiful at the same and just like this, it's incredibly heartfelt, but just in the tone of your piano is amazing, by the way, through the whole album. I, that was oh, one thing you. that it really picked up, but kind of like immediately I felt Ray Charles ish and then, 
John Lennon-ish, but it's not because it's yours. And that's where I say, like, there's these these familiar sounds, but, like, totally fresh and new. Like, you don't know what to expect on the next song, yet you're on this, you're breathing throughout the album, not in this, because people get scared to listen to new things. I'm different. I'm, like, excited. Like, I want new stuff all the time. So I'm ADD about or whatever you call it for music. I'm like, I want it now. Like, let me hear it. But the breathability allows you to really just sit and savor. And then when you go back in and listen, you hear new things. And I love that about music that can be so layered, but have that. Like you can, you know how you sip wine? Yeah. So you can smell everything, taste everything. That's it. Like that is, I love albums like yours with that where it becomes this experience and you just don't know it's familiar, but not. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. I, yeah. And that, that song, a letter to my son just really kind of did that for me where I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I kind of had that Leninish feel, but it's not at all. You yeah, know what I mean? Was, yeah. It's, you know, it's, it, and it's weird too. Like as the writer, like sometimes there are some songs on the album that I poured over for months, you know, or had an idea that very, very slowly developed and grew. And there are other ones like that one that came out um, almost as quickly as it, as it sounds on the record. Like I kind of sat down at the piano and was, I had the idea. I sat down at the piano and I was kind of just noodling around to sort of put out the feeling I was having out. And it didn't take too long. And it, you know, maybe five minutes, maybe 10. And I had almost the whole thing. And it took a little wow. while. It took a little while to refine it, but you know the, the the bulk of it was there. And I was like, "Wow, that's a song. That's that's I'm I'm pretty done with that one. Pretty happy with that one." And mm-hmm. as much as you know, I was talking about earlier about kind of refining and refining and refining and 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 looking through as I as I did that, you know, I kind of put it aside for a little while and then came back and then put it aside and came back. Um, I found like I'm not really changing this much. There's not really like I could change it but it doesn't necessarily make it better, just different. So I'm just going to leave it as it is. Yeah. Because it was just like, a, it was like something, you know, it was a letter to your son. It's like honest and real. And if you overproduce that, then it ruins it. You know what I mean? Cause it's an honest raw song. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, the lyrically, like, yeah, exactly. The, the sentiment was there. I was able to, I, I don't know how, like it, 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 when when they come really fast, sometimes it's a little scary, uh, frightening, for for real. Um, because on the one hand, you think, "Hey, I finally learned how to write songs," and then they, and then nothing else comes that fast for a long time. Or do you get the moment of like, "Oh God, not now"? <laughs> do you oh, get sometimes. that too? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, because it's like, oh no, not now. Can can you wait like half an hour? I got something else to do. <laughs> no, but no, and you better take it. <laughs> And they, and they happen when when my brain is in that uh, that weird calm mode. Either driving, it is a big one, mm. or um, about to go to sleep. That's a big one. And and I've learned like if I pick up my phone and I sing into it, it's just it's normally just comes out a garbled mess. So I either have to be really really specific when I'm singing and and call out as much of the data as I can, or just get up and go grab an instrument and, and get on with it. Yeah. That's why coffee exists. 
you know? <laughs> exactly. exactly. A, I'm sorry. I know I shouldn't be drinking coffee, apparently. I don't know. I actually know. <laughs> but I, but, I now, fully support you in your caffeine and your coffee. I, yeah, you know, but it, as you get older, it's like, how much can you really have? It's almost like, you know, it, it becomes a thing. You can't, you can't have that much of it. But I don't know. I try. I, you know, because it's, yeah, because you want those hours. And there's something about the wee hours too. When you know everybody's asleep where it's like, it's almost like you're the naughty kid sneaking out. Huh? Yep. Yeah. You can be a little freer. You can be a little louder. You don't have to worry about like, if I sing this wrong or how does it sound? It's like, no, no, I can just, I can go, go a little nuts. That, that's something too about your, your writing process for this is doing it on your own without like, Hey, I got this idea. Let me do it. And then people look at you like, no, you know, I did that in a band like where, you know, I wasn't, um, well versed on how to, to bring a song to a band. And, yes. um, they were pretty misogynistic, some of them. Um, but, and then like me being shy about it didn't help and not being, good enough on my guitar to balance the writing, you know? So yeah, yeah. you can't be shy, but if you're at the beginning of something, it's like you almost, you screw yourself up trying to sell it to the rest of the music because <laughs> you do actually have to sell it and you have to be in that comfortable space. So you do need to be on your own a little bit sometimes. Yeah. It's really, but, but sharing a song like that with other people, like in a band situation, it's a very vulnerable spot. You are, because you're kind of opening your heart. You're saying, I created this thing that I think is good enough for us to work into a song. And so you have to be a little bit brave. You have to be a little bit vulnerable because the rest of the band could say, that's garbage, Steve. <laughs> We're not doing that. You know, yeah. like they won't even go down that road. But, you know, I certainly had that experience and, and the way I kind of got around it. I was in a band for a long time and uh, the guitar player and I, co-wrote a lot of songs together and so if we wrote something together great we both knew it and so we could both bring it to the band but the other thing we found is is we could if he wrote something he would teach it to me first and if i wrote something i would teach it to him first and then we would approach the band so we like we could sort of help each other fill in the gaps a little bit of Uh of when we present it, it's not just one dude fumbling around on guitar. It's like, no, there's two people and there's parts and there's a harmony part. And there's, you know what I mean? Kind of fill in the sketch a little bit better to, to kind of gauge reaction. So when you, you know, send off, because can we go back to who you put this album together with? I mean, you know, let's, let's, let's just go, you know, you didn't go (laughs) just, pick him up out of a newspaper (laughs) like like do we have that or craigslist would be it do they even exist you didn't find them on linkedin you know what i mean but do we have that anymore like hey looking for a drummer newspaper do we have that does that exist anymore we we have that on facebook i suppose okay it's different now i I remember having um and when we lived in san diego and a thing called the, the newspaper called the reader yeah. And that's how we got our gigs and met other musicians and stuff, you know? Absolutely, yeah. Ah. Okay. So now let's let's talk. You got Raphael. Uh tell everybody who Raphael is. Uh Bernardo Gaol, am I pronouncing his name correctly? I think that's close, yeah. 
Raphael Bernardo. Yeah, I was going to leave it to you in case. So oh, he's no. worked with Leonard Cohen, Aha, Robbie Robertson. Oh my God, Robbie. Mm. All of yeah, them. Yeah, he's got, he's one of those guys that if you type his name into Wikipedia, you know, he's got this enormous list of credits of people that he's played with. It's just, it's a ton of people. And, and he is, um, he's just a great drummer. And mm. beyond that, a really, really good, sweet person, you know? Um, I met him, he, he's lived in Austin a few different times and I met him first many, many years ago. Uh, we tried to get a band together. We have a ton of friends in common and, um, I was work, I I was starting to put this record together and we kind of reconnected and I I asked him, I'm like, do you have, I I don't even, I didn't even know where he lived at the time. I said, do you have the the capability of recording where you are? And he said, yeah, I do. I said, well, I'm working on this record. I kind of outlined it to him. I said, would would you want to do it? And he said yes, and I said that's great, like <laughs> fantastic. So well, where was I, I he? What? Where was he? Because I know he this was, went all over. Yeah, like, he, all was little, he was in Little Rock, Arkansas. Oh, okay. Hey, listen, you know Little Rock. Right before the pandemic, we were in Little Rock for the first time, and um, we went on. They have this first Friday night thing where you go walk downtown, and they have oh. artists and people doing demonstrations and musicians. It was one of the coolest nights of my life. Honest to God. This oh, cool. city is the coolest little music city that, I mean, just that one night, I should say. I mean, I, I mean, there were photographers that were actual journalists that were like had all their photos of Little Rock and some of the history of Little Rock, which is uh, very complex. That's the word sure. for it. Complicated. Sure. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, every time I, I, I just like, Little Rock goes beyond Bill Clinton. <laughs> say that, and, you know, because it hit that in Hot Springs. But Arkansas, like people, there is like serious good music that comes out of Arkansas, and I, I just ooh, had just bands that were just homegrown bands performing in different places downtown. And so I'm glad to hear he's from you know he's there because it's just good music. But um, so when you said you like here's the album are you sending them music charts are you sending them recordings like how did you do this and we'll get on to the rest of the people you worked with but um how did you do that so um i would i'm gonna copy your process that's that's why i'm asking i'm sure well first i'm very careful because i don't want to tell other people what to play so i want to make sure that like I would sometimes program like a little drum loop or something like that so that I could play against something. So it was important for me to get the correct tempo and get the form of the song. And, you know, this is how many measures everything is. Um, And once I got that together, you know, I'd I'd play as much of it as I could to get the point across, but kind of not too much. There might be, you know, rhythm guitar and piano, a bass vocals, of course, scratch vocal. And for Roth, um, I would often, I, I would usually send him two versions uh, of the song, one with whatever rhythm track I had, and then one without it. And I would give him the tempo, and, you know, there'd be a count in and everything. And um, I don't know if he ever listened to the one with the rhythm track. I think he just listened oh. to it without and did his thing. Cool. But he, yeah, but he was able to put in, I don't, exactly know his process i don't know if he threw a click in on it and then was able to reference that while he played or if he just played against the music i but um he has dynamic man he really does oh he's fantastic i mean it's like 
Yeah, I think that's part of the breathability in your album is his work. And I think everybody didn't step over people. And, and that's hard to do with the process that you did it in, where it's people aren't. I mean, did you have to layer the musicians like, okay, now we've got the drums. Now we've got this, you know, we've got, you know, the guitars. Um, yeah, yeah, very much so, so that people didn't step on each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, so Raphael, he would play stuff. Sometimes he would send me a track and say, I just let me know if I'm in the right ballpark. You know, this is like my mm-hmm. first pass. And there was one of those where I listened to it. I said, I don't only think you're in the right ballpark. I think that's the take. Yeah, was, that's it. That's... Was it was great, and one of the great things about him is um, he will defend his positions. Um, I one of the first songs that we recorded together was the song "No," and mm. I had some very specific ideas about what I wanted in the drums, and he provided a drum take, and he said, "That's this is the one that you should use." And I tried to go to him and say, "No, I don't think that's right. It needs to be more like this," and he and he. And he he wouldn't hear it. He'd say, no, trust me. The no, one the song is no, and I'm teaching you the song right now. Well, also, like, <laughs> why would I hire and, and this, you know, and this is a, yeah. a mantra I've used before in my life. Why would I hire a great drummer and then tell him what to play? Right. Well, here's the deal. You always <laughs> want to hire someone who can elevate, not, you know, be beneath. You know what I mean? You don't, you want someone who has bigger ideas and, and can add to yeah. the pot, you know what I mean? Not, yeah, that, but that's, that's a, that's learning, right? And, and, um, that's, oh, yeah, that's and a leadership every- lesson that we never really talk about in music is that leadership lesson, right? Of where, where do you, uh, where do you let go and where don't you in, yeah. create, in the creative process? That's a, I think all of this comes into your album. I think all of it, because it is a touch and go. It's a tenacity. You have this, that's that thing I was talking about, the breathability. It's got like an elastic thing going throughout the whole album, yet it's dreamy and moving you. And then some of it goes a little like, oh, yeah, you're feeling this. It's going a little dark. Now we're bringing you back in. It's okay. (laughs) You know, you know, um, but that's, but it's very much like what life is, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I found, Many years ago, I worked with a photographer here in town, you know, doing band pics. Mm-hmm. And, and he showed up and he said, what do you want? And I said, I don't know. You're the photographer. I hired you. Tell me, tell me what you want. <laughs> I don't know. And um, I was being like half jokey, but I was also being very serious. And, um, and he laughed about that. We've actually laughed about that since then. But I, I took that uh, same thought through this. I mean, I'm not going to tell these guys what to play hopefully i'm able to communicate to them through the songwriting itself what kind of give this framework about where i want the song to go and you know Mm. they're all great musicians and they all picked up on it and i don't think i ever um you know i i occasionally gave like little nudges or, or gave little descriptions but i don't think i ever told somebody Hey, this isn't working. Do something else. Yeah. Like, do you do you think that part of your um the the quality of the album and that breathability and and the communication? Do you think part of that comes from you working in on film scores where you're having to take all these people's vision of what this piece of screen time is going to be, the emotion, the visuals, and 
the music has to fit what's happening, the tempo, the pace. Do you think from being the music side of it, the composer, and having to deal with that, those different layers helps you in the communication for this album? Uh, maybe. Yeah. It's so the, the, the big trick I've found with, you know, writing for any kind of visual thing is, is what you said. Exactly. It's the, the emotional part. Like what is the emotional thing that's going on in the scene? Is it surprise? Is it fear? Is it, you know, calmness, whatever it is. And then, you know, certainly that was, I, I thought about like the emotional point or maybe not even the emotional point but like the center point of each song if i had to boil down each song to one or two words what would what would that be about and then how can i how can i support that um or does it really work you know that's you know i think that's really cool because you know when you you think about film scores like okay someone's gonna get their head chopped off right now you don't have the that's where the breathability amps up and there is no breathability <laughs> eventually you're right. amping it up <laughs> right. so right. but you're you're but but what's i think what is i think what it is about this album right or and i and even the title which we should talk about you know <laughs> i hope you're okay is that you because of the breathability that i keep talking about over and over again but there is that elasticity right yeah. is that you're allowing people to feel and that's one of the hardest things in life is to allow yourself to feel all those things because yeah. we can't, I mean that's why people drink and stuff and do drugs it's like I don't want to feel that right and yeah. I'm I'm hiding that let's go over here where I don't need to and eventually it will catch up and eventually I think the pandemic made a lot of people have to face a lot of things all in the same house all around yeah. the world and that was like holy hell and let me out. Let me out for a walk. I want to be like dogs having to take their walk. I need out. Let me out. I'm out. Yeah. You know? So I think um, there was a lot of that in your album. And having the right musicians is is key. But that's interesting about the breathability, understanding the emotion and going down to those nuggets. What do I want to make? That That's cool. That's a cool lesson for anybody writing anything or creating any process, any creative process. Right? Oh, thank you. Or do you go like it just comes to you and then you're going to have to go with that's the feeling of it? Um, I, I think I, I'm not sure. Like, because I've done it both ways now, I mean, when I sit down on an instrument or, I, or e- even better, if I'm not even at an instrument and it just starts coming, then it's, um, uh, then I just try to follow that. But usually it doesn't take too long to kind of figure out kind of the vibe of of what it is that's coming out you know what i mean like mm. y'all know very very quickly like is this sad is there some kind of poignancy here and that's going to help uh shape the the rest of it or is like is this kind of like a does this have a bounce to it that is not sad at all it's got a a, a happy or there's a, a filament of joy running through it that i need to play up you know usually that will that will help tell and even if i have lyrics at the beginning like that, the 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 lyric fragments and the music, like that, will really tell like how they match, like where, what kind of area we're going into, and then I just try to follow that into there, really as hard as I can. And the lyrics are brilliant too. I mean, on it like a narcotic, that the lyrics in there are just like they're perfect. 
they oh, really are. So. Like, it's just so like, yep, there it is. And it's like, oh, yeah. And then the third side of an egg. I can't leave that out. That, okay. that I love that song. That I think that's my favorite. I think. You know, I, if I, I, I hate like rank ordering songs and stuff, but that's, yeah. that's probably the one that's closest to me. Um, and it's the one that when I, when I finished it, I played it for my wife and she had a very interesting response and, and, and she hears these songs sometimes for months on an end as I'm oh. playing them on the piano, trying to figure them out. Right. So she gets probably sick of them before I do. And, um, and she said something very interesting. She said, uh, that's the most Steve McAllister song you've ever written. If anyone ever asks what your music sounds like, play them that one. See, that's what I'm talking about, that originality, right? That That's the, yeah, you, you met it. Like I said, this is your album is like a house that you've been to. Then you go up the driveway, the gardens change, you go inside, but you know that house. It's like deja vu, but it's fresh and new and different. Something changed. Yeah. Well, cool. Thank you. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's just, just listening, you know, to me, it's, I dig it. And then I'll, I'll listen to it, you know, for the fourth time and go, all right, I changed my, <laughs> my mind. And now it's this, now it's that, you know, but that's a good album when you, when you listen more than once and, and take something away differently each time, you know, that's yeah. those layers. And th- when you don't understand, you, you don't hear th- when the layers aren't in your face, when they just sneak into you, you know, that's, what i mean about that you know it's um those subtle things that yeah um, when they're done with good dynamics and flow it, it just it's brilliant you know um let's go back to the people uh okay. that you've been playing with these amazing because you can't leave everybody out here because you know we've got no. Rafael. now you've got mike uh is it can i never pronounce anyone's names correctly or any okay. places names so everybody it's it, just blame me um Canelli, Canelli. It's Keneally. Hey, I was almost there, right? So yeah. he worked with Frank Zappa and Steve Vai. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Fantastic. He's a brilliant, brilliant guitarist and uh, keyboardist and songwriter and band leader. He's just one of those persons who can do dang near everything, you know? Just brilliant. And then, uh, and then with him was Dave Gregory, mm. uh, who is one of my favorite guitarists of really of, of all time um, mostly with his work with XTC mm-hmm. and uh, just great player. And I had, I'd worked with Dave. I'd hired him for a couple of songs, many you know, like a decade ago or so. And then maybe eight, nine years ago, Mike was in town touring with, I think Joe Satriani. And I, it turned out that Mike and I have a friend in common. And so I asked our friend, Hey, would you introduce me? And I, reached out to Mike and I said, while you're in town in Austin, would you have time to come up and play on a song? And he said, yeah, you know, we'll f- oh, you're a friend of, yeah, sure, we'll figure it out. So we did. And so we hung out. And while we were driving uh, back to, the, to, to my place, I let him know that I had worked with Dave Gregory. And he is also a huge XTC fan and is friends with Dave. And he said something very interesting to me. He said, oh, Dave is great. Such a brilliant guitar player. Really nice guy. And uh, he and I have always talked about wanting to be in a band together. Oh. And, I, and I thought to myself, oh, you could be in my band. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> that's, that's hubris for you. So um, 
years later, you know, I've, I've kept up with Mike and Dave a little bit in the meantime. And this, you know, I talked to Raphael and starting to get recorded and, and I kind of emailed everybody and said, Hey, would you guys be interested in doing, you know, a, a bunch of songs together? And everyone was in and everyone uh-huh. was available. And so it kind of, I would take one song, you know, I'd, I'd get the drums and, and put my parts on it. And then I would either send it to Mike first and then Dave, or some songs I would send to Dave first and then Mike or whatever. And we just, uh, yeah, we just kind of piecemealed it together like that. But they, the music that they played and what they brought to the table was just extraordinary work. Just absolutely brilliant. So you had Dana Colley uh, as well on sax. Yeah. And, and Donnie Wynn, um, who did extra drumming. So did he add drums or was he on separate pieces? He is on uh, one song. He's on um, a letter to my son. Okay. And I had done, um, I've worked with Donnie on and off for 20 years or so um, in a variety of different bands and contexts and whatnot. Um, Really sweet guy. Great, great drummer. Um, And this was a track that I'd had, I think I'd recorded just before the pandemic. Um, and that was actually someone, I think that's the only time that somebody was actually in the room with me recording, mm. um, was, was that drum track. Um, Dana Colley, uh, always loved his sax work with Morphine. Like I'm a huge fan mm-hmm. of that band. And I just, yeah, I reached out to him on Facebook and said, you know, I'm a fan. Do you ever do work? And he said, yeah. So I sent him the track and he sent back his stuff. And I was like, this is amazing. This is, this is great. Wow. So you went all over, uh, you know, reading, you know, everything about uh, the album. California, Arizona, Arkansas, Massachusetts, Texas, obviously, and England. Yeah. Wow. And so everybody sends us off. You get it all back. Did you mix it and produce it all? I produced it all. Um, I would do wow. rough mixes, but I, I am not a mix engineer. And, you know, we talked about letting go. Um, I all the tracks but one were mixed by a mixer named eric seraphin it's fantastic i would send him my rough mix and i'd just send him the tracks and say do whatever you think you need to do and and again i i think on one mix i said you know could you just turn this down a little bit but that that whole letting go thing why am i going to tell a professional mixer how to mix like he is a guy and 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 we've worked together uh a few times like he gets it. He totally gets where I'm going. And, you know, in my uh, not very good mixer, like I would live with these songs and I would mix them and I would, I would get them what I thought was close. Oh, I'm 90%. I'm 92%. Yeah. Eric will make this. We'll put in that other eight. And, uh, and he would send it back and, and he would like triple what it was that I did. And I would just say, okay, yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's awesome. I got nothing to say. Like he, he made choices I wouldn't make, but you know, they're, perfectly great choices and i i, I love it, it it's, so, an, it's another one of those letting go things you know well letting go and then you know yeah see that's breathability going back to that you know because you have to breathe to let go exhale um the title i hope you're okay tell yeah. us about that yeah um you know i part of Music for me is a, is a really way, it, it's an interesting way to kind of process and deal with my own mental health issues mm-hmm. and also kind of just the daily struggle of life, you know? And it felt like coming out of this pandemic and 
I really, uh, this was, the music was a way for me to kind of feel my best. And I was really kind of hoping that for everybody else too. And I, I, I wish I knew where that title specifically came from, but I was, you know, thinking about titles and I was like, Hey, what about, I hope you are okay. Yeah, that works. I hope you are. And uh, I, I, I wish that for everybody, you know, I, I hope that you had something that you could do mm-hmm. to help you come through all this. Cause I did. And yeah. Uh, and and I, I hope that you do too. It's really, it's like, you know, picking up the phone, hope you're okay. You know, you are not your, see, I've yeah. it already. See, I need readability <laughs> apparently. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, it's like, you, you know, I think, it's a, a reminder. And, and during the pandemic, that was a reminder of like, oh, we took all these meetings and greetings for granted, you know? Oh, and yeah. So then just picking up the phone and going, I hope you're okay, is a real deal. You yeah. Know? It, you know, I it's watched- like, how are you doing? Are you in? Are you, are you, you know, maybe not drinking like, 10 bottles of wine every day <laughs> right, right. pandemic eating all the cookies and the pie, you know? Yeah. 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 It's uh, and healthy. Know, and and everybody healthy. watched, everybody went through this and everybody watched everybody go through this. You know, I got kids and watched them. I watched my wife and, and me and our relationship and us individually. And, you know, it's, it wasn't easy. It was, it was microscopic, wasn't it? Like we were yeah. all under a microscope. Like we we're all these little cells bumping into each other in one little tiny room. You know, it's yes. how our bodies must feel. All the little cells in our body must feel that way. It's like, you've got me trapped in here. And then you keep adding this in or that, and we really want this and screw you. Or, okay, I'm helping you, but now you suck. You know. <laughs> yeah. It was very <laughs> much like, let's, it's very much like an experiment. Oh, let's see what happens to you when we do this. Okay. <laughs> Great. <Yeah>, right? <laughs> I know. It felt like, you know what? I think the pandemic was like the Truman movie with Jim Carrey. Was it yeah. Truman? <laughs> yeah, it's the Truman Show. Sure. Yeah, and what what's funny is like there was like the end of the world for him. It's like and then we have all the people that don't believe the world is round, and they think we have like ice walls, like the fl- what are the flat earthers or what whatever. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is. And we're gonna bump into an ice wall, and I'm like, okay, that's the pandemic. <laughs> it's called the wall of your house, you know. That's how it is. Oh, man. It's been a pleasure having you on the show, Steve, and and glad we could even uh, today we thought we weren't going to make it happen, but we did. So I'm really glad. Uh, Everyone, again, I hope you are okay. The album is out now. You can get it on all the streaming places, but you can also go to Steve's website, stevemcallistermusic.com. It's MC, like McAllister. So Scottish, right? Or am I going to be wrong? Normally, if there's an Alistair in there, it's it's Scottish, no matter how you spell it. Um, so, uh, Steve McAllister, uh, music.com is a place to go. He's also on Facebook. And, um, hey, best wishes with the album. I hope you're going to do some of the music live. Is that, is that, you know, a thing that's going to happen? I've just started to look into that. So, yeah, I, I really hope hey. so. Very cool. Oh, I hope so. That'll be awesome. Well, th- thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Steve. Everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, Keep up with us at BigBlendRadio.com. It's been a pleasure. Now I lay me down to sleep Washed in Luna's beam